there was a Jesus who died on a cross and then was resurrected from the dead. What does that mean to us? The one who did what was necessary so that people could have that opportunity to be reconciled with God. The relationship that God offers to us is one in which we are safe and secure together with Him. This is what we as a church are all about. This is why we are going to continue to try to get that message out and why we are not going to stand pat, put out a no vacancy sign, because this message is for everybody. So we're in a series now and really in a season that we have entitled Love Leaves a Legacy. And what is a legacy? It's something bigger than us. It's something that outlives us. It is something that outlasts us. And it's an opportunity to be a part of something bigger. Bigger than just me, myself, and I. And so here's what we've been doing in the last couple of weeks. We've been going back to the early days of the church and Jesus predicted the church, and just as he predicted, it began, and in its early days, we've been tracking along with that. And here we are 2,000 years later, a long time after, and a far place away from where it began, and yet the mission remains the same, the same thing that Jesus said from the very first day. And we've been looking at how people made that a reality then and there, and what that means for here and now for people like us. So I want to begin with a principle and talk about it um, a little bit. And the principle goes like this. We never know what God might do through an act of serving, giving, or sacrificing. That we never really know what God accomplishes kind of as a, as a ripple effect, as a lasting impact that goes far beyond the time and the space in which that is offered to God. And if we wonder about that, I think there's, you know, so many examples we can point to. One of them comes out of the early days of the church. And so let's jump into this. This is from Acts chapter 4, and let's see what that community was like in its early days. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. What was the centerpiece? What was the essential message that those folks following Jesus would share in those days? It wasn't, hey, here's what we think. Here's what we believe, though they did believe. Here's, you know, some great teaching, though there was that too. At the centerpiece of it was an event centered on the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. 
And so when people would challenge them, they would say things like this, you know, hey, we need you to stop talking about Jesus. And they would respond by going, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. We got to do what we got to do. But we cannot help talking about the things that we have. And this is key, seen and heard. They were witnesses. It was something that happened in time and space. And yeah, there's a lot else that comes along with it, but it is centered in the unique event of Jesus' life. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For, for, from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, bought the money from the sale and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. And in a world like this, is it any wonder that this community was so attractive to people who were around it? when they just saw the way in which this community was living life with each other and for each other. And then that's the big picture. And then we get introduced to one individual and the lens gets a little narrower. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So here we meet a guy named Joseph, and this is not the only time that he shows up in the New Testament, and I want to submit to you that he is one of the most influential people in the New Testament. And he doesn't get a lot of headlines, but who he is and what he did made such a profound impact, a legacy that is still causing ripple effects all these years later. So he had a nickname um, named Son of Encouragement. Tells you a lot about his personality, you know, getting nicknames. You know, he's been around for a long time. I don't know if you grew up in an environment like that. Where I grew up, a lot of times the nickname you got was the opposite, you know, of some reality about you. Like if you were really big, they would call you tiny, you know, and you were really fast, they would call you slow, you know, or sluggo or something like that. I still wonder why they called me Einstein. Not sure about <laughs> why that was. But he has this nickname about being a son of encouragement. And I think when we see the many ways in which he made an impact, I think we understand why. So let me give you just a real quick resume for Joseph or Barnabas in the New Testament. We just read about this. He gave generously to the Jesus movement in its very early days and just seemed like his heart was, if I see a need, I'm going to do something to meet that need if I can. He vouched for a persecutor turned follower of Jesus named Saul or Paul. And maybe you know this story, maybe you don't, but when we first meet the apostle Paul, who, by the way, wrote half of the New Testament, his name is Saul, and he is trying to exterminate the early church. He's rounding up followers of Jesus and putting them to death. But then Saul has a dramatic encounter with the resurrected Jesus, and it changes everything. And so now he is a follower of Jesus, and on the other side of that, he tries to come to the church, and you can imagine that the people who recognized him, hey, that was the guy who was killing us not that long ago. Now he says he's one of us. Yeah, right. Well, who vouches for Paul? Joseph, Barnabas. And you could make the case, no Barnabas? no Apostle Paul. No Apostle Paul, no Romans, Ephesians, and all the other amazing letters that he wrote in the New Testament. Everybody stands on the shoulders of somebody else because faith many times is handed down like this legacy, not only from one person to another, but even from one generation to another. 
And Joseph also partnered with Paul to mentor others. They go to a city called Antioch where a whole bunch of people put their faith and trust in Jesus. And they needed people to come alongside them and help them just move forward in their faith. We might call this being in small groups with other people and helping them to grow and to mature and just understand what God had for them, the kind of life he was calling them to live and the kind of impact that they could have. And Barnabas was a part of that. He doesn't get the headline, but he made the impact. He collected and delivered famine relief. And just like now, there were times then where there were just tragedies and catastrophes that were happening. And so they did what they could and put the word out, hey, the folks here could use some help. And they collected all kinds of resources from other regions and brought it to them. And Joseph was the guy who was delivering that. And then also, he went on a first century mission trip together with the Apostle Paul. And they took the message of Jesus to places where it had never been heard before. And those things can be a little risky. And there were times when they were in some danger and not everybody agreed with them and welcomed them. But they said, you know what? The message is too important. The need is too great. People matter to God. So we're going to do it. And they did it. And here we are all these years later. Could it even be that his impact has reached over these many miles, and one of the reasons that we're even here now is because of people like that. And I wonder if he knew at the time this principle that we never know what God might do through an act of serving, giving, or sacrificing. Well, is that principle still true? We see it in his life and the things that he did, and I want to suggest to you it is still true. And yeah, the culture, we're very different than where all of that happened and the times are different, but this principle remains the same. And to help illustrate that, I sat down a couple weeks ago with one example, and there could have been many, but one example of people who do this. People who have been a part of the Washington Heights family for a while, and they serve, and they give, and they sacrifice. And so often we don't understand the full impact of that. What difference does it make? But what God can do with simple acts of serving, giving, and sacrificing is so profound. God's love and grace and power can transform lives. And for whatever reason, there are times and ways in which he involves us to be a part of that. Only God can do the work, but he involves us. So by way of video, it's a little bit longer than a video that we normally do around here. I want to show you uh, just a glimpse of what it means to see this principle play out. And maybe it helps us understand what God can do on the other side, serving, giving, and sacrificing. Check this out. Kathy Trout, thank you for coming down here and meeting with me. And we're just going to have a little conversation here. And I don't think it's going to be too difficult. And uh, uh, we're just going to chat. So how long have you guys been coming to Washington Heights? Well, we came um, in the interim 
right after Pastor McGee had uh, retired and right before you came. And we think that was in 2003. Yeah, so 20 years. Yeah, you guys just beat me here, didn't you? <laughs> so you stepped right up and jumped in and getting involved in the church, serving in various ways. What are some of the ways you got involved? Well, first of all, we um, joined a Sunday school class. And um, shortly after that, the teacher of that group decided he was going to help with uh, uh, youth. And so Hank uh, Green came and asked us if we'd be willing to take that group and make it more of a care group. And so you've been doing that Sunday morning group for a long, long time. A long time. Mm -hmm. But I know you've been involved in other ways too. Al, what are some of those ways? Some of the things I've really enjoyed is God's garage most recently. And uh, that's really a special place and a special ministry and uh, something that uh, has just been a God thing from the, the very beginning. And then also uh, the construction ministry, just doing whatever we could with, with whatever project needed to be done. Well, and I also know that every Sunday, your smiling faces are out there in our theater area as greeters. So there's just many, many ways you guys have stepped up. Thank you um, for doing that. And several years after you came and by the time I was here, we needed to expand our children's area and also our student area. And Al, you actually served as the point person for that. What was the thinking about getting involved in something like that, especially when you were already involved in so many ways? When you have something, that, an opportunity that comes your way, you either respond to it or you don't. And to me, the, the whole thing was that we had an opportunity here to increase our ministries, to do some exciting things, to move ahead. And um, I couldn't not do it. In your wildest dreams, did you think so soon after COVID, we would be where we are now, where we're bursting at the seams and we're growing in so many different areas? Did you see that coming? there's still families that don't get together because of COVID. And so, so to see people flocking in here um, is really uh, a God thing, I think. It's amazing to me, and I have to think, it's the spirit that's working for some reason he has decided to use this spot and these people right now. So let me ask you this question. So somebody might say, hey, enough is enough, right? And why continue to expand? Why continue to welcome people in? Well, I'm sure glad that prior to my being saved, because I was saved at an intentional outreach, I'm sure glad those people didn't think that way because I wouldn't be here. The thought that, hey, let's just plateau. That would be a lot easier, be cheaper, easier. Hey, we've got a good thing going. Let's just kind of, you know, coast down the road. It doesn't work that way. Either we respond to the opportunity we have and to continue on with growing, reaching out, creating, uh, I should say, responding to new and exciting ways to reach people, or we plateau for a minute and then shortly after that, we'll be on the long road to decline. We've got an opportunity and why would we not move ahead? That's where the joy is. And aren't we glad there was a seat for us at the table, right? And you probably don't know this, but I just want to say thank you to you personally um, over the years here. Um, sometimes leadership is hard. And your encouragement and your support 
in your ongoing service and sacrifice and giving um, has been a tremendous encouragement to me personally. And so I just want to say thank you. And also want to tell you, we prepared a little bit of a surprise for you today. We invited some people down here who want to say thank you as well. <laughs> people whose lives have been touched and transformed in a place like this that you have helped create. Seriously. Oh my goodness. I'm blown away. <laughs> That's what it's all about, isn't it? I think sometimes when we serve, when we give, when we sacrifice, we don't fully understand the impact of that in the lives of people that it really is all about people at the end of the day and sometimes when we're in the middle of doing whatever it is that we do we don't fully see that ripple effect of how God uses that to transform hearts and lives and so there's some people here today who want to share a little bit about that to tell their stories and you may know some of them you may not know others but that's okay because in an environment, in a family like the church, it's just about people. And the impact we make sometimes is not even what we understand in the moment. But I'm going to let them share that with you here. Let them do the talking. We are local people. We have always been churchgoers about two years ago. We realized we uh, were missing something. So we started reaching out, looking around, trying to understand what we were missing. I started to read the Bible a lot, basically learned that what we were doing wasn't quite the truth. Started reaching out even further and further and found Washington Heights online. Came here, realized it's as advertised and haven't looked back in the way that we're led to Christ here. And Learn God's Word is just incredible. It's life-changing because now I have a personal relationship with God. I can't even express the gratitude for that. The lives that are changed, the transformations that take place in these walls, like I leave and I honestly get in my car and I thank God that this is here and I thank God for people like you because the impact that this church has made on my life, on our lives together, our family's life, is such a blessing. There are so many people that have been transformed because of this place. And you know, it's all, we thank Him first, but we definitely thank people like you guys. And we're just so grateful, so grateful. So I wanted to share a little bit of my story of why I'm so grateful for this church. A few years ago, I was struggling really heavily with depression and an eating disorder. And then, and I was really angry with God because I thought He couldn't care less about what I was feeling or how much I was struggling. And about a year and a half ago, I made the choice to go to a camp that they have here annually where I grew really close to God and really close to my best friend and the place that ultimately saved my life. And then after this camp, I started attending a small group where I learned that I wasn't alone with my struggles and 
where I found leaders that I can now trust with my life and where my faith continued to grow immensely. And this church has just honestly made so much of a difference for me. About a year ago, I got baptized here and I got, um, I'm on the worship team and I'm on the leadership team. And none of this would have been possible if I didn't have this place. And I just want to thank you for that because it's brought me so much happiness and it's a place where I feel I can truly be myself. Oh wow. Thank you guys. I grew up in church and I loved God and I loved his people and I loved my personal relationship with him. Um, but I often found that what I was being taught in church didn't match what I was reading in his word. It just left me frustrated and confused. I also um, experienced some abuse from church leaders and I just kind of thought that's what church was <laughs> and would always be that way. And I found Washington Heights. The love and the acceptance that I felt here, the grace that I was experiencing um, was like nothing I had experienced before. It just was amazing to hear teachings that actually lined up with what I've been reading since I was a little girl. Um, so I love it here. It's my home away from home. I love serving here and growing in my relationship with God here. And I love having a place where my kids can experience a healthy church environment and grow up in that. And um, the best part is that I met my husband here at Washington <laughs> Heights. <laughs> so I think that's the best thing that Washington Heights has given me. So I'm gonna let him share. I've been pretty much come here my whole life. Grew up in this church. And uh, one thing I love about this church is the outreach. And it was such a blast going to Lebanon with you, Al. And just watching you and everyone else, like patriarchs of the church, just serving and just reaching out to people we didn't even know who they were. And just to watch you guys with just humble hearts and put everything out there was just humbling for me. And it, it inspired me, you know. And the other thing I love about this church too and I'm indebted for is the children's and youth ministry. I mean, without them, it's, they're, they're, they're creating godly men right here. So I just uh, owe, owe a whole lot. So appreciate both of you and being faithful. You know what, I was born an addict. I didn't want to be, I didn't choose to be, I just was. And because of the circumstances, I ended up surrounded in alcohol and drugs and, and violence and women and um, a hor horrific place, you know. I end up losing custody of my kids, my company, my home, everything. Um, depression, consumed by despair. I stumble into this place 14 years ago and um, I walk in and I see a, a beautiful warm-eyed woman giving out the pamphlets they used to give out mm -hmm. and I sat down and heard the sermon and uh, after that sermon I knew that whoever I was was okay in Christ. It was such a blessing. I felt the joy of Christ. I felt the love and the compassion. And, it was just wonderful. I loved the place. I couldn't get enough of it. I came back every week. It was crazy. After a few months, I, I got baptized at outdoor service. Roy baptized me, and, and things just changed. I got my kids back. I got my company back. I, the the warm-eyed, brown-eyed, kind woman agreed to be my wife. It was all because I, I surrendered to the will of Christ, right? I learned how to do that here through, through the sermons here. And, 
through Washington Heights that, you know, uses the word of Christ. And I'm a way better man now, and I don't know what would have happened to me without having God come into my life when he did. Literally saved me. This church saved me. I was married for 18 years in a very bad physically and mental relationship. And my ex-husband, he did not believe in God. I grew up going to church, believing in Jesus, so it was really hard for me. I ended up getting divorced from him in 2018, and I went into a very dark hole where I got very depressed, and I became an alcoholic, and I attempted suicide. And that's when my family knew that I needed help. And they admitted me to the hospital, and I got diagnosed with a mental illness that I was not able to work. And I did not have a vehicle. So I did not have transportation for my daughters. So we, we relied on friends and family to get to where we needed to go. In December 2021, my friend brought me to a service, and that's when I found out about God's garage. And I went home and um, put an application in online, and that following Sunday, I attended a service by myself. And when I got home, my daughter Brooke asked me how the service went, and I told her about it. And she said, Mom, I would like to go with you next Sunday. In February of 2022, I got a call to come down and take a tour of God's Garage. And I did not know that I was gonna be leaving <laughs> with a vehicle. <laughs> yes, and it was a very emotional day for me. I cried the whole way home, thanking Jesus for this gift that I was gonna be able to get around and be able to take my daughters around again without having to find rides for them. I um, have been sober now for almost two years and um, I thank Washington Heights and Jesus because I prayed to him and asked him for help and he helped me. And I'm a better mother, person, friend and um, in Ju on June 5th, 2022, Brooke um, went public with her and got baptized. And it was such a very special day to see that happen for her. And so we just wanted to let you guys know we are so thankful for you guys and the love that you have for all of us. You need a minute? <laughs> I might, yeah, it's starting to rain. <laughs> uh, you know, we say around here at Washington Heights that the church is not a building you walk into, but it's a movement you choose to join, a movement to help people meet and follow Jesus. And I think you've heard just a few of hundreds of stories and stories that you have helped to create by creating the kind of environment in which we do what we can. And many times when we do that, God does what he can do. So thank you. Thank you for being the church, not just going.
to church. And you know, we're talking about an expansion now, but we thought this time was really important for us all to really understand what it's really about. And it's really about people and what God wants to do in the hearts and lives of people. And so this is just a little sampling of what that means when we serve, when we give, when we sacrifice. God multiplies that and God impacts hearts and lives. And you know, I think there's a little picture, even in these few moments that we've had together, that there's another day coming in heaven. And for sure on that day, if we have an opportunity to sit down at a table with Jesus, we're all going to be thanking Jesus. And we can do that for a long, long time, and that's never going to get old. But I think there's another aspect to it. I think there we will fully understand um, the impact that maybe others have had in our lives. Maybe we didn't even know their name at the time, and we didn't even know what they were involved in. And I believe we'll know there and then. And so I think this is a little preview of what is yet to come. But thank you for serving in a way here and now that helps us understand a little bit of what there and then is going to look like and what it's going to be like. It's going to be a celebration. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And it's been our pleasure. Well, thank you for coming. And would you like to shake a few hands and maybe yeah. hug a few people <laughs> yes, around here? <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> God might do with even the most simple act of serving and giving and sacrificing. And so we are in a season, we are talking about an expansion, but it really isn't about that. It is about creating more space so that God continue to do what he has been doing for a long, long time by his grace and love and power transforming lives. And so that is what it's about. Some things that we're asking God for in the next number of years along with that is to see more than 2,500 people say yes to Jesus' grace and love. Every single person you and I know matters to God. And we just long to see them say yes to Jesus. We were made for that. And, and we pray for that. We also want to celebrate with more than 1,500 people who go public with their faith and make the statement that I'm, I'm in. I'm committed to the Jesus of the Bible and have received the grace and love that can only be found in him. We believe the church is the hope of the world, not because of people like us, but because of the message it contains about Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, and all that comes with putting hope and trust in him. And so we want to help start five new churches globally. And we also want to start an internship program to develop future leaders so that the ripple effect can continue and we can just try to keep up with what God's doing. So I'm going to invite you to do something um, 
in the booklets, and these have been out for the last couple of weeks, and they've been on every other chair today. Inside that back cover, there is an envelope in there, and that is an opportunity for us right now to pray about this and to make a commitment to be a part of this as well. And so we're not asking for that today. Today, I would ask you again, as I have for the last couple of weeks, pray about this and do what God tells you to do. But if I could be so bold, I might say this to you, that if God's blessed you a lot, I would ask you to give a lot. If God's blessed you a little, then give a little. If God hasn't blessed you at all, you're off the hook um, with that. Um, and to let you know this, a couple of weeks ago, we gathered some leaders together here at Washington Heights, and we asked them to go first, and we shared this opportunity with them and asked them to think and to pray and then to kind of make an early commitment to kind of go first, right? Because that's what leaders do. They lead. And so today, I want to share with you um, that uh, commitment, 35 either individuals, couples, or families um, committed um, to this Love Leaves a Legacy gift. And their commitment totals $1.2 million. So, and so now it's all of our turn to be a part of this. A couple weeks ago also, I went to our pastor director team. These are the people who lead things around here, myself included, and to a person on our pastor director staff. They said, count me in. We're going to give sacrificially over and above what we normally give. And just to share with you, you know, I question I might ask if I were sitting where you're sitting as well, what about you? And obviously, my wife and I, we've known about this for a while. And so we talked about it. We prayed about it. We tithe normally. Tithe is a Bible word. It's a percentage word. It means 10%. And so we tithe normally to the church regularly. And over the next three years, we're committing to give an additional 5% of our income to this and make an upfront gift. We're making the biggest financial commitment we've ever made to the church. And I would invite you, challenge you to do the same. What is at play in this is the love and the grace and the power of God transforming hearts and lives. That's what it's about. Commitment Sunday, a day to bring that envelope back with you is on December 10th. So again, let's be praying and asking God what he would have us do. And what you hear from God, do that. We never know what's on the other side of an act of serving, giving, or sacrificing. Would you bow your heads together with me as I pray? So Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the work that you do to change lives in so many powerful and wonderful ways. And God, we just pray that we could keep up with you right now and the things that you're doing. And we just celebrate who you are. We celebrate the opportunity that we have. And God, on this side of receiving all of the things that come along with a relationship with you, God, help us to be a part of what you're doing. 
And so God, speak to each and every one of us. Help us to know um, what your heart beats for. Help us to see the things that you see. And God, at the center of all the work that you were carrying out, help us to see the people that matter so much to you. And so we thank you for the heart of God that has brought us to a place like this. And God, may we just follow after you. And we pray that through and in it all, that you and you alone would receive the honor and the glory. And so we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.